was really interesting to play basketball and different games with them and like seeing all of the villages and where they lived and it was like really nerve-wracking to share my testimony and like I did it and there was lots of kids there to hear as well. Sharing my testimony with different people in a different culture, it felt really easy because they like comforting and they were kind to us, so it was very easy. Honestly, it was a huge blessing. It was my first mission trip and their first mission trip, and just to see us all work together and the way they served selflessly with the villages and the kids without even being asked most of the time. It was humbling and it was really neat to watch. That was an absolute dream come true for me, just to see my kids being plugged in and then kind of taking a step back from being dad for a minute and just seeing the team accept them into the group and then just watching them just join in whatever we were doing for that particular day. It was a great experience. So I knew I had wanted to go on a missions trip for a while for that reason. I wanted to branch out and see how God was working in so many different people's lives and across the world. And he did exactly that. Um, God is such a big God. And not only is he physically providing for all of these people, he's such an individual God. And I saw that on this trip. He is individually showing his love to each and every person which is making the biggest difference because these people are radically living for the Lord. And that's something I needed to see. Um, not only is God working in upstate New York and in America, but he is working across the world. And his love is stronger than anything we can, we can stop or control. So I, I knew from the beginning that um, God was calling me to go on this missions trip. Um, so I did everything I needed to do. I applied for my passport and I, I trusted 100% that that passport was going to come through on time. There was no reason it shouldn't come through. Um, the week that we were supposed to leave for the Dominican, I still had not received my passport and it had not been processed yet. Um, so Tuesday night I emailed Pastor Adam and said, Listen, I don't think I can go. My passport's not here. It hasn't been processed. There's no way I'm going to have it in time. Um, and I, I spoke to him Wednesday. I spoke to my parents when they were, everybody was praying that my passport was going to come through. And for that brief time there for a day, I really thought that I wasn't going. That there was obviously some reason God did not want me on this trip. Um, there was just no way to get that passport. So Friday morning, um, I left my house, went to run some errands, and I came home and there was an envelope on my doorstep which had my passport in it uh, less than 24 hours before we were supposed to leave. Um, Thursday, they still had not processed my passport. So the fact that I got it Friday morning, that it was completely that God wanted me on this trip. He brought my passport through one time and it was absolutely incredible. Um, I was able to get ready, left the church Saturday morning I didn't know a single person that I was going on this trip with I didn't know anyone's names I'd never met anyone outside of you know Pastor Adam and maybe one of the other girls um, so it was a little outside of my comfort zone but through this trip getting to meet these people um, I can honestly say I have this whole extended family now there's 17 other people that I've gotten to know in New Hope that are now family um, that I know I could call it anytime 
um, if I needed prayer, if I needed support, if I, anything, um, I could pick up the phone, I could text them, I could call them and they'd all be there for me. Um, it was an amazing opportunity and I just can't wait to go back again. Wow. All right, well, let's pray. I mean, if that doesn't get you fired up, woo, I may be in tears the whole time, guys. I'm just going to tell you now, this stuff gets me as your missions pastor fired up. And we're so excited. I mean, we've been chomping at the bit to have this opportunity to share. And really, it's just going to be a glimpse, a glimpse of what God did in our lives, in the lives of the people in the Dominican Republic. But we're so excited to get to share that. Uh, with you all tonight. We had 18 people, and so you've got to see some there. You can meet some at the table. There's going to be kind of a, a lot of different opportunities for you to engage with the team, so make sure you take that opportunity tonight um, to do that. The ministry that we partnered with was a ministry, the name of it was called Macarios. Uh, and now if we had any of our v VBS kids here, we were really talking about this a lot at VBS, they could tell you that Macarios means blessed. And as much as we were going to be a blessing to these people, there's no doubt that God blessed us in that process to get to go and to see and be a part of, in just a small way, how God is doing big things there in the DR. Now, before I introduce our panel, I just want to give you really a, really a, a snapshot of really what we were doing and kind of what we see ourselves being able to do in the future as we go to the DR. So there's really three different aspects that everything we do kind of falls in somewhere under this umbrella. The first thing is really it's, it's, it's experiencing how God is at work in the DR through this ministry called Macarios. And so as much as we were excited to go and serve, I think for a lot of us we'd say that's where, again, we came back blessed because we got to see how God is working. You know, we see it here in our community, but sometimes you hear stories and you can't, can't connect the dots, but to get to go and see God at work is really a powerful thing. So that was one of the ways, that uh, one of the things that we got to do. The second was we got to serve and support the Macario School, uh, their staff, their students, really just helping them get prepared for school. This was the first time the students had been back on their campus in the last 18 months, and we got to be a part of that welcome wagon. It was, it was truly awesome just to see. Uh, you know, for some of our kids, we might be like, oh, we got to go back to school. These kids were excited to be back at this school, and we'll share more about that in just a moment. And then the third thing was, uh, as Pastor Robbie and I often say during our missions conference, we want to be a major support to missionaries. And so another big aspect of the trip was supporting, loving, encouraging, uh, putting some wind under their sails to the missionaries and their families that were there. And that was just another just awesome opportunity that we had, uh, got to do. And so we're going to be sharing some about uh, all of these different things with our panel. So let me introduce them uh, real quick. We've got Randy, Katie, Nakari, and Mark. And so I'm going to be throwing some different questions at them and letting them just share a little bit about how God used them and spoke to them through some of the different things that we've seen. So Mark, let me throw this first question to you. Uh, I just mentioned how one part of uh, what we get to do is experiencing God at work in the Dominican Republic. And, and one of the ways that we did that, the first full day that we were there on that Sunday, is we got to go to church, one of their local churches uh, that this school, one of the communities that they minister to. Minister to. Uh, what was it like experiencing church in another culture, in another language where you didn't understand anything, some things? What was that like? How did God use that service in your, in your life?
church was, was blind. Uh, mm. And he had his daughter, Sarai, there uh, to kind of help him out. And so I actually understood a little bit of the Spanish they were speaking um, at the beginning of service, really connecting with their, with their congregation. They, they're really involved in their, in their congregation's lives. Uh, they know a lot. They, they even sang happy birthday to one of them. That was a real blessing. Uh, after that, the sermon, all I know, it was about King David. Uh, <laughs> uh, but God's word promises that he's going to be there. Where two or more are gathered, he's going to be there. Um, so it was just a really cool opportunity, even though I didn't understand a, a word of the sermon. Um, I was preaching David. Um, it just was a really cool time to see other people worship and completely dependent upon God. And then just for, for me to reflect, knowing that God was there in that building um, because there were so many believers there. Um, just just reflecting and um, him touching my heart after uh, doing some quiet time that morning, um, I actually read a verse that's always bothered me in the Bible. Uh, it was John 16, 7, where, where he, uh, you know, Jesus is with his disciples and he's, he's talking to them before he goes to the cross and he says, uh, I have to leave you and it's, it's for your own good. And it, that's always bothered me because it's like, why, why is Jesus, leave? why is that good? And he says, it's because if I don't leave, the advocate doesn't come. Um, and so as I'm sitting there and, and not understanding anything what, uh, what the sermon is going, uh, is touching on, um, I'm just, I was just blown away how the Holy Spirit was talking to me. That's good. And did you hear it? The pastor was blind. I mean, I'm growing in the, in the word, but I, I, I would need some help. I'm not ready. But wow, what a testimony. Nakari, this was your first mission trip. And so for you to get the experience, again, church in another context, another culture, what was that experience like for you? Um, as Mark was saying, it was just, it was awesome, to be honest. Um, they were super welcoming when we came in, and they kind of led us to our seats, and um, they were really kind enough while they were s singing um, to put English translations on their like screen for us so we could sing while they were singing. But there was one song where we were like singing all together. We knew the song. They were singing it in Spanish. We were singing it in English, and we're worshiping in different languages, but mm. in different cultures, essentially, but we're worshiping the same mm. God, and he is so, so big. And so I think that was really emotional for a lot of us because it's like, wow, we are, we're just, we're singing. Mm. Mm. That's good. Uh, Randy, one of the big things that we got to do on the trip was really uh, walk in these communities, get to know these families, get to know these students. Uh, at the school. And so before we did any type of serving, they were really putting us in these communities to, to meet the kids, just to kind of get a glimpse of where they're living, how God is at work. How did walking through these communities really change your perspective and really get you prepared to begin serving these, these students? Well, for, us, for us, you might see some of this in the pictures, but as we were walking through the communities, we were with Mige, which, you know, we all know Mige. Mige is great. 
But as we're walking through the communities, we're like stepping over, there's like trash on the side of the road, and then we're coming up to these houses that need much repair. And then you're seeing these electrical work on these houses that would never pass any code anywhere. <laughs> and we walk further down the road and you see this car, broken axle in the middle of the road, just like it's supposed to be there, but we pass on by, we get to the top of this hill and it overlooks this river. And in this river, there's garbage all in the river and then there's animals there. And he gets to the point now, he's looking at each and every one of us, like, almost like staring into our soul almost. And he says, basically in his story, be different. Now, we're just coming from Americans coming to their culture, and he's telling us to be different, not materially, but more like relationally. And that's where we notice the most with them is this, they're like materially really poor, but relationally, you walk through there, and you would think, Miguel's the mayor of this place. He's like, <laughs> if he started kissing babies, I would have known <laughs> that he was, like, he was the guy. But it's about relationships and difference in there. And that's where Macarios has a lot to do with like uh, family intervention and things like that where we saw where they start helping the families out to really address the problems that are there. And that's where I th really took the, it's going to be the relationship is what needs to be had. It's mm -hmm. not about the material as much. Mm -hmm. okay. No, that's good. And, and Katie, I want you to kind of add to that because as we were walking through the communities, random kids would just pop out of houses and just hug, maybe us, but even also hug Miguel and some of the staff. They just loved these people. Tell us a little bit about that, like, seeing these kids just loving on this, the teachers, the staff, the missionaries, what was that like? Um, I had to catch myself a little bit every once in a while because I was just like staring and smiling. And I'm like, I probably look a little bit creepy. <laughs> but it was just really sweet to see um, just in the communities, the people, um, they were super welcoming to us and had no hesitations opening their doors to let us in. And like Adam said, the kids were literally just like, every once in a while we walk by a building and like four kids would come out and then like five kids would come out and next thing you know, there's like 20 kids following us or actually walking with us. Mm -hmm. um, but then in the school, the staff there, they were so intentional with each of the students and it was really precious when we were there. Like Adam had mentioned, they hadn't seen each other for a year and a half. So it was like we were watching these little reunions happen. Mm. And it was just really precious to see um, just the connections that they have when we are helping the teachers decorate their classrooms. Um, like just how intentional, how individual they were with each of the students. Um, so it was just really precious to see that. Yeah, there were multiple times that I, we'd be hanging out with the staff and they would say, they'd be pointing out a kid, but 18 months not seeing a kid, you know, for us, if we don't see somebody for 18 months, not a lot's changing, you know, maybe, a, I mean, I guess a lot can, but for a kid, they can go from here to here, here to here, and so they would say, wow, like when I saw that person, they were a kid, and now they're a young adult, and things like that, and to see the, the relationships, again, you could tell that this school was having an impact on these students by the way that they were just loving one another. What a testimony to us. I mean, Jesus talks about that. They will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And we were seeing that on display amongst the staff, the teachers, the students. It was really um, a really special thing to get to see. Again, not every team is going to get that opportunity. Again, not every time are we going to be coming right after a pandemic. But God was really gracious in allowing us to get a small glimpse of how uh, he was using the staff in the lives of these students. 
Sorry. Normally I wouldn't ask to say more, but here we are. Um, I just also wanted to mention that it was really sweet when we were doing the back-to-school parties for the students. Um, it was a big difference between when we were walking through the communities and they were in disheveled clothes, no shoes, nothing like that. And then when they came to the school, they were like dressed in their Sunday best. Mm. Like the girls were wearing dresses and bows in their hair and the boys were dressed in like the finest clothes. So I thought that that really spoke to me about how much they cared about Macarios and how you could just tell that they were really like taking it seriously and mm. they really respected that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mark, uh, Randy spoke a little bit about this, about this idea of being poor, poverty. You know, when we think of poverty as Americans, we just run initially to materially poor, which is definitely a serious thing. But before we went, we read a book called When Helping Hurts. It's a kind of a missions book about working in impoverished areas. And one of the things that the book really hit for us is that while being materially poor is a thing, but being relationally poor is also a very real thing that maybe you see differently in different areas of the world. So what was it like to see uh, a group of people that were very, in many ways, materially poor, but we might say are relationally rich? How did that have an impact on you as you were working? Yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I've been on mission trips before, and, you know, you kind of get this attitude, you're going to help, you're serving, you know, you're the American, you're kind of going and, and, and just, you know, helping them out. Well, I mean, we were going and doing some great things. We were sharing the gospel and, you know, serving. And, and we, I don't want to say we weren't doing, you know, God's work. But a lot of, you know, going on, on this trip was working and seeing kind of the plank in our eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I, I did. Um, and, again, Mige, he was, he was a rock star. He, he, touched our, um, he touched our family in a big way. And um, he actually uh, gave us a question uh, one of the days, and he said, okay, you guys have walked the village. Um, how would, if, if, if you lived in this village, how would you tell somebody how to get to your house? Um, and at first, I just thought it was a joke. Uh, but literally, as you're walking through these villages, um, there's just all these back alleys. There's no, there's no address. <laughs> there, you can't plug this into the GPS. Yeah. I mean, you just go to the village, and you figure it out. Um, and, and so the question was legit. Uh, how, how would you find Mige? And, and it, you know, we thought about it pretty much the whole day, and then he, he gave us the answer. He said, you drive to the village, and you just start asking people where Mige lives. <laughs> and, and you think that's crazy, but that's how you do it. And, and then I, I got to thinking of it over the course of the last few weeks, and, you know, when we were there, you'd, you'd say, hey, some random person, where's Mige live? Oh, he's over there. Take a left to go to the right. And they knew where Mige lived. He was the mayor of the, of the place. And I got to thinking to myself, if somebody came to the town of Moreau and they said, hey, where does Mark Wendell live? No, nobody's, they're going to be like, who? who? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you just see relationally he's touched that community in such a big way. Um, and I actually, I just, I, you know, I, I don't want to bring too many details, but I, I, got a, I got a message from Miguel this morning. And, you know, like you said, they're having a tough time, mm. um, you know, with, with certain things. But relationally, 
people know him in that village. Mm -hmm. And it's really touched me in a big way because I want to I want to be that that guy in Moreau. Like, hey, where does Mark live? Oh, that guy has touched a lot of lives mm -hmm. for, for the Lord. Um, this is where he lives. You need to go see him. Mm -hmm. um, Amen. And that's, you know, I guess that's yeah. the short answer. What a good <laughs> challenge, right? I mean, if you think of some of us live in town, some of us in the country, again, there's challenges to that with how, how much distance we have in our communities. But if you're living in a town, do your neighbors know who you are? Are you building relationships? Are you neighboring them well? Are you sharing Christ? Are you helping out when you can on different things? As a church, would people say, hey, where is that New Hope Community Church? Would our community be able to direct them to us? Now, again, it's not about a building, a location. But the, would they be able to say, I may not know where the building is, but I've, I've met these people before, and they've had an impact on my life. That's what we were getting to see with these things. So, yeah, Mark, that's a great point of, again, making an impact in our community. What does that look like for us? They're doing it in their ways there. Okay, what does that look like for us to do that here in our community, here in Queensbury, Hudson Falls, Queen Falls, wherever? All right, Nakari, uh, as we were walking through these communities, um, one of the things that Macarios does is student sponsorships. And so similar, if any of you have done Compassion International, things like that, they do a similar type of, of student sponsorship. And I know while we were doing, walking in the communities, you met a family, you connected a lot with them, uh, and you later got to end up sponsoring their little girl. What was it about meeting them and getting to know them that really led you to maybe want to sponsor her, or just that connection that you guys had? So when I said I was going on this mission trip, I did not plan on sponsoring a child. Um, it just, I wanted to go, I wanted to serve the Lord and essentially leave. Um, but we got firsthand an experience of where the money goes to. It goes to the kids get two meals a day, um, which they might not get that if they're home. Um, they get two meals, they get their uniform, they get books, they get their supplies. Um, it pays for also like the teacher's salaries. So they're the money that we were giving it goes to so much and so got thinking a little and i was like wow that's like that's huge um so i actually ended up sponsoring two children um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first um the first child i sponsored um i had a really good connection with her mom it was the third day second third day that we were um, walking the community and she invited us into our home um one of our team members got to share their testimony and her and I just kept eyeing each other and we kept smiling. And um, she looked like she wanted to say something to me, but I don't think she knew if I would understand. Um, so we just kept smiling. And then by the end, she had, um, she said something to the translator and the translator translated it to me. And she was just saying, I just complimented me and told me I looked like her sister and it, I reminded her of her so that was actually so sweet so then later when we did the back-to-school party I got to see her daughter and now when we did the back-to-school party they have like an outdoor playground and they don't have a lot of toys um, it's like you have gravel and you have maybe like a few like climbing structures but it's not like toys you would find in your backyard um, for kids so we had to get a little creative um, so the, we got to play with all the kids, and so we started, Kira and I, um, we went in and we started picking up gravel. Um, and so we made, like, trains, and so we were saying, choo-choo, like, just making, like, trying to get the kids to have fun. And so by the end, we had a whole group of kids just throwing rocks and playing and just having a great time. Um, so I ended up sponsoring, um, her name is Frances, the mother, and her daughter is Rosalie. Um, 
Now, my, the second child I sponsored was completely unexpected. And this is where the Lord did big things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually supposed to put a bed together um, for a family um, with a few other team members. And the Lord knows exactly where you're supposed to be, because um, I was not supposed to be putting a bed together. Um, I was just supposed to drop off my sponsorship bag and kind of just like go on my way. Um, but I got there and I got talking. Um, the translator's name was Courtney. And so I was just kind of sharing about my life, about my testimony. And we're 45 minutes, an hour into the conversation. I'm crying. I'm sharing my husband's testimony. The tr- Courtney's crying, listening to it, and then translating it back. And it was it was crazy um, because I never thought I would sit there for 45 minutes pouring into somebody about mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so that was just like that was the Lord doing big things in my life because never in a million years would I sit with somebody probably before this mission trip and. Mm-hmm try to pour into them. Um, Her name is Jara, and her husband's name is Blotty. Um, They have their daughter, Rosalie, or not Rosalie, Luisani. Um, And I sponsor Luisani um, just because we had some fun playing, but I really connected with the parents Mm. um, on that one. Uh, Jara, um, in the community, um, the father isn't really a huge, like, role in their community, unfortunately. Um, They're not the one who is the head of the household. Um, and that's what Makarios is trying to work on. Mm. And so um, Jara, she believes in God. She believes that he's done really great things in his in her life, but she also feels like she needs this neon bright sign that tells her I'm a Christian. And so that's part of why I was pouring into her is just like God loves you and he's going to meet you where you are, how you are. And you don't need this huge sign to tell you, like, I'm a Christian. Like, you just need to open your heart and accept him into your heart. And so here I am just mm. sharing and pouring into her. And that was that was huge because that from there changed. I think it changed the trajectory of my faith mm. because now I'm like, I'm up here talking about <laughs> it. I would never be up here talking. Um, I and throughout the tri- rest of the trip, I'm praying with people one-on-one out loud. And I don't know, it just... God did real, some really big things. That's, that's awesome. That's what we like to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that we love about Makarios and the work that they're doing is the family focus. It is, yes, they are, they are students, but it is a full, I mean, they, are, they have family empowerment, intervention, and so they have required training that the, the parents have to go to twice a month. Uh, in order for their students to be in the school. Um, they are visiting the, the homes twice a month just to check in, see how things are going. I mean, as much as it is about the student and, and sponsoring and loving on these children, it is a family ministry. And that was one huge takeaway and really a difference that I think many of us seen between uh, some different sponsorships. It's not just about making sure this kid has food and an education. These, while that is great, that is great, don't hear me, that is great. But the way that they were loving on the family was really, really unique and, and exciting to see. Jump on in. Right, sorry. <laughs> um, also, when we got to sponsor um, these children, like we get to go back to see them. Like this is supposed to be a long-term partnership. So yes, we're sponsoring this child, but I get to go back and see them in a year and mm. see how they're doing, how their families are doing, and actually like just grow with them essentially. Mm. And that's something that many people might not get to do if they're sponsoring through like another organization. They probably 
won't get to see those children. And so it's pretty awesome that we're partnering with them to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah, we sponsored a, a three-year-old little girl. And I told them when we went, because when you sponsor when you're there, they're, they are very, they're like moving earth to get you to meet this family before you leave. They want that connection. It's about, again, it's about relationship. They're not just wanting you to write a check. They want this to be an ongoing relationship. And so I got to meet the dad, the, sis, the older sister, and the three-year-old girl. And I said, I'm so excited for you to grow up with my daughter. I want you to be friends. I'm excited. My daughter is going to come here, and it's going to be hopefully like a reunion. I want hugs to be happening, letters to be written, coloring. What an opportunity. So if you're thinking, I might go to the Dominican at some point, sponsorship might be a great thing for your family to consider because it's not just, well, you know, I might hear from them. No, I want you to go and meet them. What an awesome moment that will be if you get to take part in that. Now, Katie, uh, Nakari mentioned putting together a bed. She missed out, didn't she? She missed out. She had a great, well, not really. God worked. Uh, take it back. God worked. God had Nakari where she was supposed to be. But me, you, and Mark got to be a part of putting this bunk bed together. Share about that moment, how special it was just because not everyone got to be a part of that, even on the team. Yeah, I guess I should say I didn't actually physically help in putting the bunk bed <laughs> together. Um, there's pictures to prove that I, I wasn't actually helping. Um, so when Adam mentioned that I was going to be going to help put this bed together, bring it to the house, I was like, okay, no idea what that means. Um, so we get in, and we meet the sweet mom. I think her name is Marisol. That's the American way to say it. Um, it's pronounced differently in Spanish. Um, but she welcomed us in. And it was a very small building. Um, they had two bedrooms and one bed in each of the bedrooms. And there were seven children and two parents. So I was like, how do they sleep here? They sleep between all of them and those two beds. Um, so we weren't just adding bunk beds. We were providing more opportunities for the kids to actually get to sleep comfortably mm -hmm. at night. Um, so it was super humbling to be a part of that. <laughs> I really wish that Adam had given me a heads up because I was like super emotional the whole time, <laughs> like a blubbery mess. Um, but Mark was able to share his testimony with the mom, and she was just super grateful. Um, I can't imagine what that would be like as a parent to have somebody come in and have to give you beds because you can't provide that mm. for your kids. But it was really awesome to be able to be a part of giving that to them. Yeah, and as a church, um, we're actually sponsoring. We, we were praying about what does it look like for us to support Macarios as a, as a church. And so I was talking with the staff and saying, okay, we're going to sponsor a child family at some point, just kind of keeping our eyes open for that. And so when we were there, it was kind of like a no-brainer of like this is the family, the, the child that we want to be encouraging, supporting, building that relationship with. And so as we're sharing, we got to share with her that, you know, yes, there's three of us, there's a team of 18 people, but there's 400 people in New York that are going to be praying for your family for the next 15 years of this kid's life, and more. And to say that, yes, we're a small part of that, but we're going to be praying for you, we're going to be supporting you, we can't wait to come back and introduce you to more people. And you could just see the impact of, people are going to be praying for me? They don't even know me, and they're going to be praying for us. And so we'll share more about um, that family throughout year. And if you want to be a part of, of giving to that family, say maybe you can't take a full sponsorship, but you can give whatever. That's, you can partner with us as a church to support this family. And it was, it was really an awesome moment just getting to encourage them.
in that way. Now, Randy, uh, you've gone with me to India or to South Asia. You've been with me to uh, the Dominican now. Uh, you keep coming with me. Uh, so how's God working through these trips, and why do you keep going? I think, yeah, we're just going to be traveling buddies now. But, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm, I'm all right But when it. you go, in my opinion, when you go to these places and you see that God's working here, whether it's Southeast Asia or you're going to the DR and God's working there or wherever you're going, God's working. It just gives you a bigger picture of how awesome and amazing he is. It's mm. just, he's working all over the place, but we get to go and we get dropped into mm. the middle of this and we work during this and then out the side we go and then we're mm. back or back home. So I just think it just, it just changes your perspective of how awesome God is. Mm. So I think... I had to come up with some visual to kind of make that make sense. So if anybody's seen, like, Finding Nemo, that's what I always looked at. Like, the dad and Crush is like, hang on, dude, and we're going to go through this current, and they're going to ride this current as fast as they can and spit you out the other side. That's what it's like going on one of these trips, and then you come back home. So, Yeah, the perspective changing is important when, and not to say that you can't be a, by any means a faithful believer if you've never left your hometown. Serve your hometown well. But when you're able to get out of your normal circle, to get out in a different culture, to be the other, to not be the majority, um, to not be the, the majority speaker, God begins working in your heart. And then you begin seeing how the church is growing in other places. And while we want God to be working here in America and blessing the church in America, if the church here was to somehow die, God is still on his throne and working in major ways around the world. And when you get to go and experience that, it gives you a confidence. It's not up to me. It's not up to our team. No, God is working in all these places, and we get to be a part of it where God has led us. And that's in upstate New York, and that's in our communities. And so it's a huge blessing. Uh, now, real quick, uh, Nakari, I'm going to throw it to you. If, if you. if there's someone in the crowd thinking, I need to go, but I don't know, I'm nervous, how am I... How am I going to pay for it? Am I, do I really have the, the abilities, the gifting? What would be your encouragement to someone who's thinking, maybe having some anxiety about, can I actually go on one of these trips? First, I completely understand what that feels like. <laughs> um, when Josh couldn't go, I was like, nope, that's it, not going. Um, but I prayed about it, and it was still on my heart day after day, week after week, and I'm like, okay. Um, so I definitely recommend praying about it. Um, I would also say talk to other people that have been on mission trips because that also helped me. Mm. Um, but then, honestly, God is going to use you in whatever way he needs to use you, um, wherever it is. And so all you have to do is say yes and mm. let him take care of the rest. Mm. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> um, didn't mean for that. But essentially, yeah, just say yes to God and he will lead you and use you in whatever way he needs to. Amen. Well, let's thank our panel for joining us tonight. You guys can go ahead and Yeah, uh, Katie mentioned at one point, one of the big things that we got to do while we were in uh, the DR was these back-to-school parties. So again, they haven't been in the school for 18 months. They're really just trying to say, how can we really welcome uh, these students back? And again, what an awesome opportunity that we got to play, again, a small part of that. And the teachers, I mean, they're like teachers here. They're trying to get their rooms ready. They're trying to get everything prepared. And if they would have had another thing to do, it would have been too much for them. But by God's grace, we got to go and be a part of that. So we did games, crafts, 
um, songs, I'm kind of like a mini VBS day in these back to school parties, but uh, if you're not familiar, one of our, our motto, our mission's motto here at New Hope is to share the good news and to help those who do. So a part of that is we had a couple people get to share their testimony at these back-to-school parties, but we also had uh, a, a, a traveling evangelist with us, if you might say. Jim, if you want to come and join me on stage. Uh, Jim is a missionary with Word of Life, and he's a, a partner here at New Hope, but uh, Jim got to use some of his giftings. His, uh, somehow God has used him in our area down in New York City to get to share the gospel in a very unique way, really that had the the students, the staff, our team, captivated with how he got to share the gospel. So I want to give Jim just the opportunity to share with us tonight what he shared with these students, and then I'll come back up after that. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. We had a lot of fun with all, this, all, all the young people. Would you like to see a rope trick tonight? <laughs> Might be the only rope trick you'll see in church. <laughs> what can you tell me about these three ropes? They're different sizes, and the trick that I'd like to do for you is make them all appear to be the same size, so watch closely. But I have a story. I'd like these ropes to represent people. Short rope would be a good person, someone you'd like to have as a friend or a neighbor. Medium rope, an average guy. He does okay, slips up sometimes. So if this is a good guy and this is an average guy, who do you think this rope would represent? (laughs) He is nothing but trouble. We see people as good or as average or as really bad, but there's someone that we're an open book to. There's someone who sees the inside. God sees our hearts, and God sees two types of people. God sees those who want to know him and those who don't care. Those who want to have a relationship with their maker, have their sins forgiven, and those who God's little or no influence. Now, this is my favorite part. When you put your trust in Christ, no matter what your past has been, he'll come into your heart and he'll forgive you of your sins. See how these ropes all appear to be the same size? Whether you're that good person or that average person or that really bad person, we all have the same need, and that's to have a relationship with the one who loves us. I like to ask people now, are you a person of faith? They could be any, any background at all. I say, now, can I test your faith a little bit? It won't hurt. <laughs> uh, in Lake George, there's a busy road there. And I say, suppose you're crossing the road. You have the light. You're in the crosswalk. Somebody's texting and driving. They don't see you. You don't see them. You would get hit and killed today. Do you know for certain where you'll go? One young man thought about it, and he said, the hospital. (laughs) And I go, no, no, no. It's not a repair. It's a cleanup. (laughs) I say, God wants our faith to be strong. Uh, Sometimes I hear people say, I'm in limbo. There's no limbo. (laughs) God wants our faith to be strong. He doesn't want us to have any doubts about where we stand with him. I like to share scripture, and I like John 5, 24, I say, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, I assure you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me, I say, what does it say here? And it says, have eternal life. How long is that for? Forever. Doesn't say might have, hope I have, trying my hardest to get, does it? It says, simply says, have eternal life. I say, we all come to God the exact same way. 
We listen to his message, that's the Bible, and we trust him. But it gets better. It says they will never be condemned for their sins. That's the best news you'll hear today. Do you know what God did so you and I could have our sins forgiven? He died on the cross. Do you know why he did that? He loves you and me so much, he wants us to be with him eternally. Now, a lot of people hope when they die they go to heaven, but God's the God of the living, not of the dead. He wants us to trust him while we're alive. But they have already passed from death unto life. And the gift of God is life, but it's not just today. It's a long-term relationship. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You simply open your heart and invite him to come in, and he will. Amen? I'd like uh, to share from the Gospel of John. John 1.14 says, So the Word became human and lived here on earth among us. That's talking about Christ. He left eternity where the kingdom of heaven, where love and truth reigns. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Can you think of a better influence to have than somebody who is full of unfailing love and faithfulness? We might fail him, people might fail us, but Jesus won't. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father. And you see Christ's glory clearest on that cross. He didn't just say, I love you, you're precious, but he showed how much he loved us. Amen? He died on the cross, he was placed into the grave, but death couldn't hold him. He conquered sin, death, and hell, and rose from the grave, and he's alive today. And you can talk to him, and you don't need a cell phone. It's heart to heart. Amen? Now, this is just to introduce people to Christ, but I like John 6:35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, bread is food, right? Uh, how many of you ate today? <laughs> what does food do for your body? All right, satisfies your hunger, nourishes your body. I don't know if donuts count. <laughs> and then gives you energy. Now, I do tree work, and if I have a heavy day of lifting, I need a big breakfast, right? <laughs> when Jesus said, I am the food that, that gives life, what do you think he'll do for the inside? Just as food satisfies our hunger, Jesus will satisfy our hearts. You don't need to be looking for love in the wrong places. You know that God loves you. He's watching out for you. He'll give you peace in your heart. He'll satisfy the inside. As food nourishes your body, Jesus will nourish your faith so your faith can be healthy and strong. You're not afraid of what tomorrow holds or what's around the corner. You know that you have somebody watching your back and who's going to direct your steps. He'll help your faith to be healthy. And as food gives you energy, Jesus will give you power. Power to say, Satan, I don't want your false, uh, your false thrills that, that come and go. Uh, I'm not going to settle for your counterfeit stuff. I need God's love. I need the real deal. I'm not going to sell for anything less. So if Jesus said, I am the food that gives life, how do you eat that food? By spending time in God's word, getting to know him, 
the more you know him, the more beautiful and wonderful and, and gracious and patient he is. Amen. By spending time in God's word. Now, the fellow who shared a track with me, he doesn't have a clue I ever read it or ever got saved. Uh, I had long hair. I was on drugs for years. I was so empty on the inside. What good are you when you're stoned? Yeah, you're good for nothing. Uh, so empty, so lonely. A guy gave me that gospel track, and all he said was, this is good, read it. I read that at 1.30 at night when I got off of work. It was talking about sin and Christ and eternity, but I didn't understand it. Many months later, when my heart was ready, I was so empty, so without hope of ever breaking free from the sins that had had me. I remembered that booklet as being something positive about God. I found the Bible, blew the dust off it, and I started to read, started to search. I read through Matthew and on through Mark, the same story I heard in church as a child. I got to Luke chapter 6, verse 35. It says, love your enemies and lend expecting nothing in return, and you'll be like your father in heaven because he's kind to the ungrateful and to the unthankful. Well, right there I realized if God is kind to somebody who's not grateful or thankful, that's me. I didn't have time for God. If he loved even his enemies, I qualified for that title, and I suddenly realized that God loves because that's who he is, and it clicked that Christ wasn't dead in the grave, but very much alive. And right there in my dorm room, I said, Lord, please come into my heart. I need you. Forgive me. And he did. <laughs> the fellow who shared that track with me doesn't have a clue. I ever read it or ever got saved. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, I want you to page somebody for me. <laughs> I want to thank him for caring for my soul before I even knew I had a soul. And I think we're even going to jump up and down and get a little excited when the chains fall off and the love of God comes in. We become a brand new creature. And if you've never looked up and invited God to come into your heart to forgive you, to be your Savior, I would say don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. Uh, today is a slice of eternity. And Jesus gives eternal life, life that will never end, but you need to ask him to come in. Why don't we have a word of prayer right now? Father, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you heal broken lives. You give hope to the hopeless. You give victory so we don't need to be slaves to our sin. You give a purpose for living. And I thank you, Lord, that you stand behind your word. All who trust you discover that the living God is true and powerful. And we just thank you, Lord, for letting the light shine into our hearts and for those that you used. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to uh, give hope to others and, and to share your word wherever we go. May we broadcast that Jesus is alive and that Jesus saves all who trust him. And Lord, I pray that you'd help uh, the light from this church to shine in this community and that you would be glorified uh, and that people just praise and thank you for saving them. And we thank you for uh, this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jim, so much for sharing. So as we close, I just want to invite you guys. You know, we've heard a lot of different things that God's doing uh, in our people's lives, in the Dominican Republic, and no doubt God is calling you to something. And I don't believe it. I know the conversations that I have in my head with the Lord. Every time I come in here, God is telling me something. It's how much am I going to fight him over it? 
And so tonight, I believe that God is telling us all something. Now, I invite you. How are you going to respond to that? For some of us, it might be sponsoring a student. That might be your first step. And okay, Lord, I feel you leading me to get in, to start a relationship with some child. And, and one day, Lord, I hope to get to go visit them. I want to begin being an, a prayer warrior for that family, for that child. So maybe that's your response tonight. Maybe it's the committing to the Lord to go. Me, uh, services like tonight, I can remember where God has worked in my life. And I said, that's for the other people, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm called to America. And maybe God is calling you to our neighborhood. In the next 12 months, in the, next, in the year 2020, we plan on being in all five regions that our church is committed to. Missions partners, the Northeast, Montreal, South Asia, the Gulf Coast, and the Dominican Republic. Maybe tonight you're saying yes, Lord. Yes, I'll go wherever that may be. If that's to my neighbor, if that's to the Northeast, if that's across the border or across the ocean, Lord, I'm just putting my yes out there to wherever you call me to go. I, I trust, Lord, that you will work out the details. You'll work out the logistics. You'll provide the funds. You'll bring the passport within 24 hours, hopefully well before that. My heart's still recovering from that. But Lord, we're going to trust that you're going to make it happen. And so tonight, God is calling you to say, yes, I'll go. I will go, whatever that means, Lord. I'm going to trust you in that. But as Jim just shared, friends, you could, you could go around the world. You could sponsor every kid on that table. You could give your life up to be beaten, to all these different things for the Lord. But if you haven't had that relationship, if our team just went and did so many good things, but none of those things can save us. That's the whole reason Jesus came. If I could earn it myself, why did Jesus have to come and endure the cross? If I could do enough good things, why would God send his son to die? It doesn't make sense. But... He did, because he knew that was the only way. So if tonight you're saying, I, I want to do these other things, but I can't go and tell someone about Jesus if I've never received him. I want to give you that opportunity before we close. Let's all close our eyes. And I kind of want to give us an opportunity again. just want to invite you to respond to one of those things. Do you need to sponsor a kid? Do you need to commit right now? Maybe you need to pray to the Lord, whatever that means, for me to say yes. I'm willing to do that. But if you're one of those people who you've, you've heard the gospel many times, you've heard about how much Jesus loves you, or maybe tonight you've heard it for the first time through Jim's testimony, that there is a God who loves you and that doesn't see you as a short rope, a medium rope, or a long rope. No, he sees you as a person who he sent his son to die for. And he invites you to receive his son. And you can do that by, by praying a simple prayer tonight. You say, dear Jesus, I recognize that, that, I, that I sin, that I come up short. And Lord, that because of that sin, I am separated from you. But Lord, tonight, I realize that you love me and that you gave your son for me. And tonight, I trust him with my life. I accept his life and his forgiveness for those sins. And Lord, tonight, I want to trust in you as Lord, and I want to serve you for as long as you will allow me. Lord, thank you for saving me, 
and loving me. Amen.